Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast. My name is Jake Schwanitz, the brand new beat reporter for DNVR Buffs. Joining me today, I've got my guy, Andre Simone. First pod in person, Andre. We're doing it, man. We're doing it. Oh, exciting man. stuff, yes. Very exciting. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you guys. Uh, we're going to preview some of the leaders and potential leaders, I should say, in passing, rushing, receiving, tackles, sacks, and INTs on this Buffs team. Since we do not have player props, unfortunately, for our college football players. Um, then we're going to go in and play a fun game of uh, Pac-12 Roulette, Andre. I, I think we're going to enjoy that one. Oh my God, I and love then this. final segment, we will preview the scrimmage that I will be attending tomorrow and hopefully bring in some juicy nuggets back to our Buffs faithful. Uh, let's get right into it. Exciting stuff. You get to actually see the team. I hardly can't wait for you, man. Um and, uh, you know, not to take over your pod here, but I should mention we are oh, presented yes. by the American Raptors uh, <laughs> with Hank. I'd always joke that, uh, you know, we're big we're big triple option fans. So uh, we're going to love rugby and uh, you will, too. DMVR rugby. Great stuff from our guy Colton Strickler. Check them out and be sure to support them as they are phenomenal partners. Shout out American Raptors. All right, Andre. First segment. Like I mentioned, we don't have some over-under props that we can kind of use to our advantage for content, so we're going to kind of make our own here. I love this um, so much. We're going to go through passing, rushing, receiving, tackles, sacks, and INTs. I've got multiple names at each category. I want you, to, and I guess I'll fill in too, but I want you to tell me who you think will lead in each respective category. Oh, okay. Are we ready? Okay, yeah. This is a toughie, but I'm... I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best. It's uh, it's such a new team, you know, so exactly. it's, uh, it's a great way to introduce ourselves to them. So, yeah, let's get it. All right. Going straight into passing. Of course, the big quarterback battle, probably the biggest storyline this offseason for the Buffs. Yeah. We've got JT Shrout, transfer from Tennessee two years ago. Of course, knee injury last year that kept him out the whole season. And the incumbent starter, Brendan Lewis. I've also got a third option, Owen McCown. A little Owen McCown hype? A little bit. Is there? We'll see. <laughs> Who do you think leads the Buffs in passing this year? Uh, this is such a deep cut because there are so many layers to it. Um, we'll go passing yards. I'm going JT Shrout. I think he will be the starter. I, um, you know, you got to believe that if that's the case, it's because he's healthy and he's ready to go and... Um, you know, he's not the smallest guy. I see him listed as a 220. Like, when you see him play, it just seems like that very average-sized West Coast-type guy who right. it's all, like, timing and mobility, you know, low mobility, um, timing passing, I mean. But I think he's got some, some like, real intriguing natural traits. And I like Bilu. I think Bilu, though, we need some Bilu packages. I hope to get into Absolutely. that on our, uh, our roulette part you know um but yes give me jt all in on jt i 100 percent agree um of course we have the film room that went up on wednesday that i did kind yes. of comparing jt shrout and brendan lewis's game uh jt shrout is a guy i mean natural passer i think is the first thought that comes to mind when i look at his game of course that injury is going to loom large though when you go back and look at that tennessee tape it's actually interesting to see he is actually fairly mobile for a pocket passing quarterback mm -hmm. uh rolling out the pocket they actually run some design run stuff with him which i don't know if that's going to be in the playbook this year but this is not your statue in the pocket or your typical statue in the pocket 
Um, so I agree. JT Shrout will probably lead the Buffs in passing this year. On to rushing then. I've got Alex Fontenot and Dion Smith. Alex Fontenot, of course, the leading mm. rusher two years or three years ago at this point. Right. Craziness. And a big void left to be felt by Jarek Broussard transferring out, of course. Who do you got, Andre? Yeah, I guess I will stick with Fontenot. I think this will be, like you guys alluded to on the Wednesday pod, a uh, power running game. It's what anytime CU's been good in my lifetime, there has been an element of a power running game. It's I, I thought you guys did a great job getting into that in the Wednesday pod. Um you know, talking about how that that counter that Utah's kind of brought to the table, Oregon's doing it. Um, it. It's kind of become harder for you know teams like Wazoo or uh, UCLA to defend. So I think that's the direction you need to go. I'm encouraged by the beef on this O line, and I think Fontenot will have a decent season running behind those guys. So give me Alex Fontenot. I agree. Uh, I think the big difference with this run game is actually going to be offensive line coach Kyle Devan. Um, we've got a lot of content. I actually posted a notes and quotes article from practice this week. Yeah, We heard from Casey Roddick. We heard from Noah Fenske. Uh, high praise for coach uh, Devan and honestly the run game in general. It sounds like a lot of people are excited for this run game this year. Yeah. Um, some fire quotes. Check out DMVR Buffs Twitter for that. He's from the Harbaugh tree or he was at michigan last year and then kind of kind of guy around the midwest huh? exactly he was in a fo- uh what they call football analyst at michigan um i think he also worked with the offensive line he's been all over the place only 37 years old has obvious power five experience at michigan and also nfl experience so an impressive young coach the football and anal- that's usually the role they give like at alabama and ohio state to the formerly disgraced Ex- head coach yes. that needs like a year exactly a year off but can offer that outside pr- it's like what um doug marone is doing yeah, <laughs> yeah and Chiano exactly. was doing at ohio state for a second okay. I, I think that's like what bill o'brien's job was before he yes. was actually pushed yeah. up to oc but fairly recently devan not a disgraced former head coach just One, an up-and-comer 100 percent. Yes. all right hopefully I love an this. up-and-comer love this promising yes all right on to receiving then again we'll just do receiving yards mm. um Wide open here. Wide open here. I mean, we'll start off last year's leading receiver, Brady Russell. We've got Daniel Arias. We've got the transfer from Baylor, RJ Sneed. And then another veteran, Montana Lamonius Craig. Who do you think leads the buffs in receiving yards this year? Oh, man, this is tough. It really says a lot about this passing offense that uh, (laughs) Russell was the leading receiver. With 25 receptions, 307 yards. My goodness. No touchdowns. That would have taken me many guesses to (laughs) um, get to. I'm going to go the the hyphen name montana lemonis craig did i pronounce that right lemonius okay i always give an extra like french pronunciation that's all right i got you uh, i'm just a ball watcher you know i'm not like you (laughs) dialed in and covering these guys i would i would have leaned rj sneed um certainly no one would fault anyone for going with brady russell but i just feel like um it, it sounds like rj's dealing with some injury stuff so we'll see how he phases into that and uh, Lamonius Craig going to have that advantage that he's had the offseason to work with the, both these quarterbacks, had the previous um, season to work with Bilu and some of camp and summer. 
to work with JT Shroud in um, 2021, and he's got the physical traits. I'm going to go with uh, with the sophomore there. Love it. I'm actually going to go with Brady Russell. I think he goes back-to-back leading this team in wow. receiving. Um, I know that the other Colorado college had a really nice tight end last year that went fairly high in the draft. I don't think Russell is quite that caliber, mm-hmm. um, but he's a six-year player. Uh, you know, you're going to need that veteran presence, yeah. and it seems like he's already kind of developed some pretty good chemistry, not only with JT Shrout, but this offseason with Brendan Lewis. Um, last week's scrimmage, uh, I haven't been able, I obviously wasn't able to attend that one. There was a long touchdown pass from JT Shrout to Brady Russell. It was about 35, 40 yards. So I think we're going to get more vertical with the tight ends too. Well, and it fits with what I was saying about Fontenot, that more of that power running game, right? So it, he's going to see the field a lot. And what I like about Brady is he's like, he can play in a lot of spots. He's a smart oh, guy. Yeah. He's a huge leader. He's going to be on the field a ton. Um, and yeah, regardless of the quarterback, he's going to be a safety blanket and a nice outlet for those guys. 100%. I talked to Brady Russell earlier this week. I tried to get it out of him. Where are you going to be lining up the most this year? Mm. He did not give me a good nugget, but I have a feeling he's going to be very, very versatile and lining up all over the place. Love that. All right. On to tackles, the defensive side of the ball. Again, four names here. We've got last year's leading tackler, tackler with 68 tackles, Isaiah Lewis, the safety and then next, we've got the transfer from West Virginia, playing linebacker, Josh chandler Semedo. Uh, we're also going to have Quinn Perry and Robert Barnes on this category. Who are you taking? I am going to go with the transfer in Josh chandler Semedo. Um, it just feels like this scheme, I think it's, you know, it's, it's again, kind of an indictment that last year um, – the leading tackler was a safety though isaiah lewis um a promising talent and really someone that we should expect big things from in the secondary i think this will be a bit more of a standard defense and from what i see about Semedo, good sideline to sideline um and i think you know should be able to to do some things He's from Canton, Ohio, Canton McKinley High School. I'm pretty sure that's the high school Josh McDaniels' dad coached for years, and he played quarterback at. Fun fact. Man, you just dropped Josh McDaniels (laughs) on me. I'm now completely shaken and, yes, completely taken off guard. I think I'm going to go with Isaiah Lewis. Um, I know having a safety as your leading tackler isn't something you necessarily want, um, I just kind of worry a little bit about Semedo experience-wise. Yeah, fair. Um, you know, he had a great season last year with 110 total tackles. First time he's done it, though. There is a big void at linebacker. I totally understand the argument. But I think Isaiah Lewis is going to be flying around. We don't know exactly where he's going to be playing yeah. yet. Uh, we'll be learning very soon. But I think he's just going to be, oh, what's the word? Kind of like Jalen Petrie, kind of like that Buda Baker role. You know, mm-hmm. that that strong safety mm-hmm. that's a little smaller but is also very versatile yeah. in coverage in the run game. I think he's just going to be all over the place and racking up these tackles for the buffs this year. Best example for this pod, Shidobe Awuzie. 100%, yeah. absolutely. All right, let's go to Sacks. Uh, this team struggled to generate production there in that sure. category last year. Uh, the leading sack man was, sorry, pulling it up, Carson Wells with five and a half, Mustafa yeah. Johnson with two. Um, everyone else was only one and a half, one and a half, one. So a lot of production on the table there. Hopefully we see these numbers ticked up. Guy Thomas is your first prospect. We also have Terrence Lang, Naeem Rodman, the defensive lineman, 
And once again, Isaiah Lewis, a little wild card there. Oh, wow. I like that. Um, I think Guy Thomas would be really intriguing in this category. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm interested to hear more about him from you after I make my selection. But I am a massive Terrence Lang guy. The fact that they were able to retain him to me is a huge win. It's honestly not talked about enough. I think had you given me the option of keep Terrence Lang or any of the other bigger names that left, um, the only guy I would have picked over Terrence Lang would have probably been Christian Gonzalez. But um, I just expect massive things from Terrence Lang. He's the, I mean, classic Pac-12 defensive line prospect. He's just a couple years rawer, and it's why he's not like at an SEC school right now. Sure, um, he is an NFL caliber player, and I think you know if things set up the right way, it could really blow up in this defense. So I'm just gonna go with the superior talent, even though in an odd front. Um, at least some of the time, you know, it's not going to be like the easiest just rushing off the edge like Carson Wells was producing the last couple of years. But still, I think um, I think Lang has is just set up to have a monster season. Love to hear that. I'm going to go with Guy Thomas, uh, 6'4", 235 pounds senior, of course. I just loved what I saw in film from him last year in the few games I did film rooms and watched of CU. Uh, I thought he had relentless energy. And I think that with this coaching staff, really kind of taking a step forward this year, I think in all positions, really. Uh, Guy Thomas is a guy I expect to really, you know, show his leadership on and off the field in terms of production also. Uh, is six sacks too much to ask for from Guy Thomas? No, not at all. And I mean, gosh, I think of the last few years, this defense from that edge spot, you know, Carson Wells, uh, the numbers in 21 weren't great, but in twenty in 2020 was a beast. Davion Taylor had some nice production as an outside linebacker, different outside linebacker, maybe not as much behind the line of scrimmage. But um, this is a defense that's proven, like, that, that edge spot, that kind of strong side um, outside linebacker can get you some – can get you some production. So I, I do think Guy Thomas is set up for success. I just don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, the front should be, like, among the best units, the defensive front. Absolutely. But they were know. last year. Right. It, they were just put in an impossible situation, as Brady Russell was mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that quote piece you published yeah. today of, like, that, you know, he he not not to steal your exact article but like he was saying he felt terrible for those the defensive linemen just mm-hmm. having to go back onto the field every three snaps because they just couldn't sustain any drives if you're able to flip that on its head even just a little bit you got to feel good about some of the talent they have there also i think the thing that guy thomas and terrence Lang, some of these starters have in their advantage that was also mentioned in that quote from brady russell is the depth has been greatly improved at the front seven defensive line area also. So it's not going to be the same guys running around, running yeah. out there each drive. Right. Uh, these guys, these starters, the guys that you want and having the big numbers are going to get spelled a lot more, it seems like. They're going to have fresher legs this year. That's the plan, at least. We'll see. On to INTs. Uh, again, Isaiah Lewis, He's in every defensive category for a reason. Yeah. Um, But also Nico Reed, Jalen Stryker, the other safety, and Nigel Bethel. Who do you think leads this team in INTs? 
Um, I'm just going to go with the easy choice and Isaiah Lewis. This is as much as feeling relatively optimistic as I do about just about every unit on offense. Um, and a lot of the front on defense, I, I'm worried about the secondary. The secondary concerns me, um, and I do worry that outside of eight, Isaiah Lewis, they are just going to be some liabilities on the back end. Absolutely. I think this is the position group that probably took the biggest hit in terms yeah. of this offseason. Yep. Uh, you lost two very talented, uh, not only just players, but starters and linchpins to your defense that kind of dictated how you played what coverages he ran. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Isaiah Lewis also. Only two career interceptions to this point. But the reports coming out of camp is that he's really kind of turned the corner a bit and has been able to generate a lot more turnovers. So I think that's something that we can relatively you know, reasonably look forward to this season is seeing Isaiah Lewis with a tick up in the turnover department. And you kind of expect him to play all over, right? That's, I mean, they haven't told us exactly sure. where he's playing yet. I'll find out tomorrow. You guys will find out a little bit later. Um, but yeah, if he's kind of playing that, that joker, I don't know what you want to call it spot, um, hybrid linebacker safety area. I mean, that's a lot of opportunities for sacks, for tackles Mm -hmm. and for interceptions. Yeah. And then, I mean, you do, you talked about how their talent last year dictated how, how they were playing on the back end. Their talent this year will dictate how they play. So, you know, in more cover two zone type stuff where guys are just trying to keep everything in front of them just playing the ball, playing the quarterback's eyes, you could be surprised and see a Nico Reed, see a Kalen Moore, um, you know, just get those four, five, cover two um, INTs just kind of playing shallow, Mm -hmm. right, and and just pouncing at the right time. So you never know. Great point. All right, that was fun. Uh, Real quick, I got a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, yeah. To celebrate the best time of the year, which it 100% is, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. You can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DNBR. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code DNBR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as 8 $25 free bets. Restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Andre. I'm excited for this segment. I think we're going to have some fun here. We're going to kind of play what I'm calling Pac-12 Roulette. We have the Buffs as our benchmark. I'm going to go through every other Pac-12 school in the conference and you have the option here. You can pass if you want, if you don't have a take or you don't want to ha- give a take on one of these schools. <laughs> but I want to hear what CU has to do to either be better or kind of join the class that, uh, you know, the Oregons and the Utahs, the Stanfords, uh, I guess, of previous years were in that mm-hmm. were competing for Pac-12 titles. So does that make sense? Are we on the same page? Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like it. Okay. So we're going to start from the bottom and work our way up here. Arizona. Do you have a take? 
that might be my pass. Um, I guess it's kind of obvious, maybe. That's fine. There we go. Uh, Stanford, three and nine last year, two and seven conference record. What can the Buffs do to make sure they are better than the Stanford Cardinal this season? That's a good one. I think you need to out Stanford Stanford. You need to play soundly in the trenches. You need to win the games you that are winnable. Take care of business in the games that matter. Play clean at quarterback. That's where I'm big on JT Shrout. Um, and the the power run game. So you got to out Stanford Stanford. I think you've also got that advantage that you're in the Pac-12 South and not the North. 100%. I think that's kind of the vibe coming out of Colorado camp is they do want to play more like Stanford than, mm-hmm. say, Oregon in previous years under the Chip Kelly era. So that smash mouth style, you know, styles make fights. Yep. And it's not just a boxing term. It's a term in football, too, for a reason. When you're in this conference, the Pac-12, you know, all these finesse schools, USC, uh, UCLA, although USC, UCLA does have some sort of power element to yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but like Washington State, you know, these kind of air raid yes, teams. Yes, yes, If you're able to really punish them and hit them where it hurts in terms of physicality, size, uh, and honestly, just the run game, I think that's how you kind of advance through this league when you're down at these levels. Yeah, for sure. All right, next team. Um I'm just going by last year's win percentage, but USC. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I have a plan for beating them in one week. Um, right. <laughs> you know, out USCing USC long term. Uh, it, it's not a football discussion as much as it becomes a resource discussion. And, um, you know, they, they've already got a plan of how are they going to improve their program. They're going to get that Big Ten cable money. You got to figure out what's the best conference for you. There has to be more of a commitment into athletics and specifically football. Um, and then we can start talking. I, I fear that right now there's the path is much greater than anything we can talk about at more of a football level. Though. I completely agree. Um, I mean, we've mentioned on the draft pod, this USC team is kind of a high variance team. I mean, the ceiling is sky high. The ceiling could also be four and eight again if disaster Absolutely. strikes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you never, I mean, this could be the year they kind of get them. You Absolutely. know, like sure. Caleb Wills, Williams to me looks like an absolute phenom, but he also had some off games. Like, um, and, you know, you play some sound football, you, you out Stanford them. That's a path to beating just about anyone in this conference, especially a team who's as volatile as USC this year. Sure. A lot of people forget that while Caleb Williams did take Spencer Rattler's job, Spencer Rattler was called in a few times even mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. All right. We're still in kind of CU territory here. We're going to go with the Washington Huskies, 4-8 and eight on the year last year. What do the Buffs have to do to be better than the Huskies this season? Yeah, I think the, um, the real key is going to be some consistency in the trenches embracing um, mistake-free football and uh, getting into that power run game, but really, really getting back to some of the old buffs teams and some of what Washington had success with under Chris Peterson, which was really, let's build this thing from the trenches out. Makes sense. When I think of the Washington Huskies, I think of secondary talent. Yeah, no kidding. They've been pumping those guys out for 5, 10, 15 years. I mean, that's just... You saw it last year with Colorado. 
that makes such a huge difference for your defense when you're able to have NFL players in your secondary. Um, it just makes life easier on the pass rush. Just being able to cover for that half second longer gets guys home. So, I mean, it's kind of on the secondary, I think, here to live up to Washington standards. Mm, I like that. Reminder, you can still pass. So we got Cal. Five and seven on the year last year. They were four and five in the conference. I think they're right there. Um, so, yeah, I'll pass. Okay. I don't think we need to dig in too much. Oregon State, probably one of, if not the most mm-hmm. thrilling moment of the season last mm-hmm. year for the Buffs was that double overtime victory. Uh, Oregon State finished last year 7-6, and 5-4 and four in the conference. What do the Buffs have to do to top Oregon State this season? That's the path you kind of want to follow. That's the team who was – they were the cellar dwellers in this conference for a while – um, and they found a path. They stayed committed to that coaching staff. They've embraced who they are. They're not trying to be like the other Pac-12 schools. They're just content to be the best Oregon State that they can be. And they kind of did what we've been talking about a lot in this segment is they started to become a power run game team, right? right. And all of a sudden, uh, things opened up because there were some games where you know, the more flashy spread teams started to make mistakes and couldn't quite keep pace. Um, so I think they're right there, but I think that's the path you want to follow for sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, you just gotta, it's, it's going to be a combination of using that talent at quarterback and wide receiver that you have. But to me, again, it, not to be repetitive, it starts in the trenches and with that power run game. I think Oregon state's interesting. I mean, this is kind of, I think the ideal blueprint for this CU program in terms of how to get better oh yeah I mean you go back to 2017 2018 this Oregon State team won three games in those two years Mm -hmm. and while it's not that bad in Colorado right now I mean you're obviously not where you should be yeah and so following that path that Oregon State took I think is a is a good path to take uh, in terms of where CU is right now all right Washington State the Cougars finished seven and six last year they were actually six and three in the conference um, and I don't everyone's know. so hyped about that quarterback. Which who's the quarterback for Wazoo, the new QB? Um, I'll get you the name because okay. I'm notoriously terrible with names. But um, that's that's the only thing they've really got going for them right now. Yeah, uh, of course they had. I mean, kind of chaos unfold in that program last year with the head coach and all sorts of other things going on. I mean, Washington State's just a unique team because. I think of the Mike Leach era where it was just all air raid. They were kind of, I mean, they were really on the forefront of it. I think I would say in terms of where they were, I don't know, about 10 ish years ago, this team really kind of zigged when everyone else is zagging and went full air raid. I mean, running the ball wasn't even an option there some years. Uh, So an interesting contrast there. Do you have that name on the quarterback? Cameron Ward. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Arizona state, the next team, I mean, they finished last year eight and five, six and three in the conference. I have a feeling that's not going to be the case this year. So, what can the Buffs do to top Arizona State? I think that's where we get into more of a. You want to be better than Arizona State? Stay the course. Find a way. You know, we're already hearing some really glowing things um, about this coaching staff versus last year's coaching staff. And it's stay the course because there is so much turmoil at Arizona State that um, it's really why they've lost so much talent this year. Mm -hmm. And I mean, look, the Buffs lost a ton of talent as well. 
keep that consistency, get back to where you were with the kind of promise there was after the 2020 season in Carl Durrell's first year. Make sure this program's playing some sound football, fundamentally sound football, and, and getting back to being able to retain and develop its talent, create an identity on the field, and that's how you're going to be Arizona State. And you're not just going to be better this year. You're going to be better for years to come. Right. I think one of the interesting things we can look at in terms of ASU and in relation to CU is Jaden Daniels and how kind of that program really sold or bought into his skill set last year. They really bought into that dual threat ability. They were one of the most efficient teams on the ground. Uh, they chalked up a lot of yards rushing the football. I mean, we, we already said we think JT Shrout's the guy at quarterback, but if Brendan Lewis wins this battle, I think you got to kind of lean into what Arizona State did. You got to run a lot more option stuff. You got to run Brendan Lewis a lot more. Mm -hmm. So there's some sort of a blueprint that you can learn from last year's success at Arizona for this year at CU. All right, we're kind of getting to the big dogs now. Yeah. Um, so you can pass. I, a lot of these are kind of self-explanatory. We'll start at UCLA though. Eight and four in the conference last year, or sorry, eight and four overall last year. Six and three in the conference. Yeah. Um. It's so we, now we get into the next tier. It's not just playing fundamentally fundamentally sound and playing well in the trenches and getting back to the power. Um, but JT Shrout's going to have to outplay what they've got at quarterback. Absolutely, that secondary is going to have to pop. Like a, a couple guys are going to have to emerge, embrace the challenge in front of them, and really have some big seasons. Um, and then we can talk. Sure, no, it completely makes sense. Uh, UCLA. They're interesting to me, honestly. Obviously, Chip Kelly's the head coach, but it seems like they are, they've kind of drifted away from a lot of the zone running stuff. Mm -hmm. They're going a lot more gaps. Charbonnet is mm -hmm. a pounding back, yep. big pounding back. So they've really leaned into that. More two um, tight end stuff last year. Oh, you yeah. know, they're, they're much more a run first offense than just a spread air raidy, trying to throw it all over the place. Um, some of that may just be due to DTR. Absolutely, though. absolutely. But they, they've had to adjust. And that's another thing I'd add is the offense needs some sort of dynamic traits to it. So Shrout's really going to have to pop. The wide receivers are really going to have to pop. I think you, you're going to need some some packages with Belu thrown in there. Like you just mm -hmm. got to throw the kitchen sink, stars align, have a great season. I mean, UCLA buffs always play UCLA tough. Right. Um, so that game, you know, but to actually have a better season for, than them, some stars are going to have to align. And you're going to have to have some guys who you really don't expect much from to pop in a big way this year. Sure. Absolutely. On to the Titans of the conference. We're going to start here with Oregon. 10-4 and four last year, 7-3 and three in the conference. Of course, Cristobal is out. Uh Mm -hmm. Who is the head coach? Dan Lanning. Okay. Thank you. And, I mean, this is kind of a program in transition also. Yeah. Um, they're always at the top of the pack, but now it, there's there's just a lot more questions this year. So Bringing Bo Nix in. That's right. Oh, my God. Gone full, full oh, no. SEC on us. Yep. Oh. Yep. And Bo, Bo Nix, I think, gave me more headaches watching him <laughs> over the last two, three years than any other quarterback. Yeah. It's like headache-inducing Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Um, man, it's going to be tough to have a better season than Oregon. They just have a lot of talent. It, despite all the turnover on the coaching staff, they have positioned themselves in a really nice spot. 
um, on the recruiting trail, they've just improved and improved and improved. Um, while Chip Kelly was more content finding Speedy like three stars out of SoCal, they've really put an emphasis on that recruiting and it's just put them in a bit of a different tier talent-wise right now. Um, and we'll see what Bo Nix can do in the Pac-12. But I just think that that's a long-winded way of saying basically pass. I don't, I yeah. don't think there's a path this season. Absolutely. I think you nailed it with the recruiting. I think that's the biggest difference between Oregon and a lot of these schools in this conference. Uh, the branding and just mm-hmm. the type of players that they bring in the NFL talent. It's what had people so excited when Mel Tucker was here because say everything you will, but at least on the recruiting side, um, Mel was doing things like the kind of coaches, Cristobal, Dan Lanning, um, you know, the, the way those guys are, are used to doing things. Big boy recruiting for right, sure. For sure. On to the conference champions in 2021, the Utah Utes, 10-4 and four record last year, 9-1 and one in the conference, took Ohio State damn near to the wire in the mm-hmm. Rose Bowl in January. Um, I, this is just like the typical br- blueprint, I think, for CU, though. Oh, one million percent. Yeah. This is the blueprint. You're, you're not, you know, it's the conference is named the Pacific 12, uh, I don't know if you guys have looked at any maps, Colorado and Utah, <laughs> not on the Pacific coast, um, though maybe we've embraced that uh, West coast vibe. Um, and so that's a huge advantage. Just bringing these programs in, in November um, is such a huge advantage with what you get to play it with the cold, the altitude, you got to embrace that. And that's where we really get to what I was saying over and over to start this segment was uh, the embracing being the brooding team in the trenches, that power run, everything's built around a returning backfield that's really promising for them. You know, you're going to have to find that combination that you feel really good about. Um, You know, uh, even though Sam Neuer wasn't perfect, something was working with Sam Neuer and Jarek Broussard. You know, Cepho and Phil were the other times. Like when you've got that one-two combo in the backfield that you can really trust, no matter who's taking the ball, then... uh, Things are going to work out, especially when you're sound, you know, in all other areas and particularly in the trenches. And that's the blueprint. Again, there can always be a path to, to upset someone in a week, uh, a path to truly out you tying this season. I don't think is there, but it's also, you know, as much as we said about Oregon with the recruiting, Utah's done it much differently oh, recruiting yeah. and making it happen. So uh, I think that, and that seems like a much more realistic blueprint to fall. For sure. I mean, the way that they kind of turn these three, four-star kids into legitimate football players, not just in college football, but in the NFL also, it's very impressive. I think the other thing that Utah can be used to look on for the buffs is Cam Rising. I think that's kind of the path for JT Shrout. That's the player that you want him to be. Um, efficient in nearly all facets, able to kind of hit the big plays, has some rushing ability. I don't know if JT Shroud's going to quite get to 500 rushing yards and six touchdowns. Yeah. But if you can have a, just a little bit of that aspect in his game, uh, that just makes you so much more un- unpredictable and harder to defend. But I agree. I mean, Utah's the blueprint. Just really kind of stay the course and keep building on it. It seems like the coaching staff has improved this offseason for CU. So if you can keep building that and sort of start to build a, you know, a coaching factory of some sorts. Uh-huh. Right. That's the way that CU kind of reaches these heights that Utah seemed to have found. All right. That's it for segment two. 
I'm going to here to talk about athletic greens. Now our next partner has a product I usually use every day, every day. I started taking athletic greens because well, I'm on the buff speed now, man. Um, yeah, I need more energy. Right. <laughs> I needed better gut health. I also needed to kind of optimize my immune system and, you know, don't want to take vitamins when I could just drink some athletic greens. Athletic Greens has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, surface superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. What are adaptogens, Andre? Oh, that's a great question. Athletic Greens, though, you don't need to know it. They're just going to feed your body and treat you right, Jake. That's, uh, that's all you need to know, you know? <laughs> Absolutely love it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your force first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash buffs. That's athleticgreens.com slash buffs uh, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Also, we are sponsored by Breckenridge Brewery. The homies. Um, the homies. Uh, yeah. I had a Breckenridge brew on our first podcast on Wednesday. Not bad. I got to say, doing a live show here with a Breckenridge brew in hand quite an experience kind of crazy you're employed to do that huh exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit of a, a pinch me moment yeah yeah uh breckenridge brewery is the official beer of dmvr beers on tap and regular seltzers are being sold in the bar you guys know we love our breck brews at dmvr of course um the avalanche amber ale is what i think hank was drinking i had a juice drop uh both delicious had them before that's honestly i kind of lived on that out in utah they had the breckbridge sampler you know, 24 yeah, beers. I think there's yeah. like four or five in there. It's a great thing to buy. Yeah, um, exactly. You can check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Beautiful. Right. Final segment. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm headed to the scrimmage tomorrow. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm looking to learn That's a lot exciting. about this team. Unfortunately, I won't be able to tell our members and fans too much about what I see tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got to keep kind of keep it under wraps, which in and of itself is kind of exciting. Yeah, uh, I yeah. get to hold a secret. But what are your wish list items for the Buffs this year? I mean, it could be mm. scheme, it could be players. We could talk recruiting, coaching, just anything on your wish list. We'll go back and forth. I would start with size at cornerback. Um, as I've mentioned, that is something that I think is going to be really concerning. Um, this is a conference that, you know, always turns out some real talent at the wide receiver position. I mean, we've just seen an explosion of talent in college football and it's translated to the NFL over the last several years. And, uh, you worry with the kind of inexperience that you have and kind of smaller guys. I mean, Nico Reed, Kayla Moore, not, not big guys. So you you just worry about that and the depth on top of it. So yeah, some some size at corner would be my my first on the wish list here. Love that. My first item on the wish list, can the quarterbacks please stay healthy this year? Yeah. Please. Yes. I mean, we can talk about everything else as much as we want, but if the quarterback room stays healthy, that's the best path for CU to have a su- successful season this year. So um, true. I mean, it's just it, last year was just almost an impossible situation for not only the team, but Brendan Lewis. Yeah. I mean, such a young guy just thrown into a huge starting spot. Not much you could really do. Uh, he tried his best as we saw, but his best just wasn't quite good enough. What else is on your list? Well, and just piggybacking off your point, I think we get so caught up as football fans at all levels in just hoping that we'll find that savior at the quarterback position. 
but they're really only like six saviors at all levels. Right. And sometimes just having depth, just having yeah. competence. Stability. The, yeah. is going to get you so much uh, further ahead. Like Cam Reddish. Uh, they, did I say that right? The Utah guy? Uh, I um, think it's Redding. Redding. Sorry, Rising. Sorry. Rising. Sorry. Wow. There you go. Um, long day for us. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he's not a world beater, but he's been there. He's been developed. He fits that scheme. The scheme's tailored around him and they're able to win games with him um so yeah there you go 100 percent. uh next thing i'm gonna do or say is offense i mean be fun let's yeah. run some option let's yeah. let's have some pre-snap motion let's mm-hmm. have some shifts let's try to catch uh opposing teams with four linebackers three linebackers yep. on the field and spread them out let's just be multiple let's get some wide receiver re- or uh, running back receptions Alex Fontenot only has 40 career receptions. Deion Smith only has nine career receptions. You got to see those numbers tick up. It, yeah. It's 2022, man. You can't ignore the running backs in the passing game. Um, so that's really my hope. Just be more multiple. Be fun. Just be a joy to watch on offense. Mine is going to be a similar thought on a wrinkle I'd like to see in the offense. I am full-on JT Shrout, but I would like to see some packages with the power run um, with Bilu playing in them. Oh, yeah. I think that would be really key. I think it would fit the identity this offense has with Brady Russell, some of the bigger O-linemen they've brought in, um, Fontenot running behind them. Give Brendan Lewis some of those packages. It's going to fit right into all the stuff I was talking about with being more like Stanford, being more like Oregon State was last year. And it fits in into what you were saying. You know, Just that as your standard offense is going to be a little boring. But make that a wrinkle. Throw that right. in um, to give you an identity, but an, an extra an extra something to make that offense more diverse, more dynamic. That's what I'm hoping to see. Even if it's like a red zone package or like yeah. third and fourth yes. and short, yes. like, and you're kind of telegraphing what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, this year, you've already talked so much about smash mouth, power football. You know, kind of put your money where your mouth is. Yep. You know, use that in those situations and kind of going back to what I said earlier too, be creative with it, especially mm-hmm. with B Lou run some option stuff. Uh, just be interesting and not just three yards in a cloud of dust straight ahead in those situations. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe, you know, their own version of Tua Jalen hurts where those guys would right. even be on the field at the same time sometimes, you know, and you wouldn't quite know who's going to take the snap is Tua going to, you know, hand it off to Jalen, that kind of stuff. Add some extra wrinkles. Give these opposing defenses something to think about pre-snap. All right. I've got one more. I'm going to call out the receiving core here. Um, let's see some of these guys. Montana, Montana Lamonius Craig, uh, Daniel Arias. You know, let's step up. Yeah. I mean, these are some inexperienced quarterbacks. They're going to need some veteran presence on the outside. You're kind of getting that on, you know, over the intermediate and middle of the field. Brady Russell, of course. But you're going to need at least some threat on the outside just to take some relief off of Brady Russell and just the run game in general. Right. So anything else you got then? Yeah, I'm just going to kind of go back to getting an O-line that can really embrace running the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't need these guys like, um, you know, Jake Wiley or Flip Frank or Tommy Brown, the the transfer from Alabama, right, mm-hmm. um, to be like world beaters and pass pro and allow JT Shrout to sit back there on five-step drops or Bilu to scramble for days before he gets rid of the ball. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be unrealistic, 
but an O-line that's cohesive and can set the tone running the ball, can use that size that they have to really kind of make you feel them. Make those defensive teams feel you when the Colorado Buffaloes come to come to town. Um, and and they're glad that they're now gone. That's what I wish for the Buffs. Absolutely. I mean, you hear it all the time. The game starts in the trenches. You kind of had some of that on the defensive side last year. If you could just get improved offensive line play. You know, there's a lot of talk coming out of camp about Coach Devan and just how excited guys are about this offensive line and how deep it is. But just improving in general, I think, is going to be huge for this team. You're going to be able to control the clock more, control the line of scrimmage a bit more, and that just plays into every other facet of the game. All right, Dre, this was a ton of fun, man. Uh, a little hiccups along the way, but we'll kind of iron them out as we go through this season. Hey. Greatly appreciate uh, doing this with you, man. Anytime, anytime. One of my favorite guys to uh, oh, thank to you. talk ball with. So, yeah, I'm very excited for you, very excited for Buffs fans and the coverage that we will be bringing to them this year. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned on all platforms. Jake will have you covered on camp, on the pod, you know, on Twitter, his personal account, team account. Check it all out. We are so excited for this season. So, uh, yeah, thank you for having me on, man. 100%. Uh, keep your eyes peeled on the site um, and the podcast feed for some post-scrimmage content. Uh, haven't exactly ironed out what we're going to do yet, but we'll have something up there for you guys. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time on DMVR Buffs.